Hello, I'm back. Artist Impressions is back. It's been quite a while, but I'm really glad to have returned. Today, I'm speaking to Johanna Kivimagi, who is also known as Hannah Kiv, who's an Estonian-born, London-based sound artist, composer and pianist. Her debut album, Goodbyes, will be released on the 10th of March. And on the day of recording, her second single, Goodbye, was released yesterday. Welcome to Artist Impressions. Thank you so much for being here. Congratulations on your album. Um, how are you feeling having just released a single? Hi, Laura. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I mean, I feel great. It's always quite um, emotional or it's been quite emotional for me with these releases. And um, it's a really new thing for me. I've only released two tracks, so it's uh, exciting and I'm really happy. Amazing. Congratulations. as a pianist and a sound artist. Your music is layered and vast and contemplative. I know it draws on your classical background as well as your Estonian musical heritage, um, but it also has a lot of electronic elements and you work with sound mixing and you seem to do interesting things with speakers. Um, how would you describe your sound? Oh God, this is a really difficult question. It's, I feel like it's always really difficult to describe my music because I don't really, I don't really think of what I'm doing when I'm doing it, you know. So when somebody asks me like, how do you describe it? It's like I don't, I don't really know. But I have, I've have had to think about it, and um, I think I would say that it's a mixture of classical, ambient, and electronic. I think this is this is a good way to describe it. But also, I think that for me, it's really really introspective. So it's really like personal. I know each piece starts from, from an improvisation. Um, can you talk about that process? Do you start um, with a feeling or an idea or do you just start playing and see, see where it goes? This has really changed over the years, I think. Uh, now with the music that I make has Hanaku, this is definitely I just sit behind the piano and start playing. And um, so this is like the first impulse, just playing. I usually, I don't think I have any kind of ideas before. It just comes naturally somehow. And then the second process is um, producing. So after recording, this is another like really creative aspect for me when I'm just working with the sound. So I'm just, again, like I'm not really thinking, I'm just listening to the sound and kind of like basically like following the sound. So yeah, I'm not really, I think... <laughs> I don't think I think much, really. <laughs> That's lovely, though. You just, um, it's sort of, it's a, it's a feeling. It's you, you let the music take you somewhere.
know that um, the production side of making your music is really important um, for you and you've collab- you collaborate with your, your friend and co-producer Fee. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? That's sort of a world that I don't really know much about. So it'd be lovely to hear you speak about that because I know it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... As, as you know, I study electroacoustic composition. So a big part of it is, I think, what's called production. So it's, um, you know, like having them, maybe maybe it's kind of like directing your music in a way, you know, because you're visual, you're, yeah. you work in visuals. Uh, so it's kind of like having the sound to your music, you know, mm. and uh, and. Just like for me, it's it's uh, adding electronics and you know combining this acoustic and electronic worlds, and um, yeah, just like coming up with how you would like your song to sound. Because of course, you know, I I work a lot with piano, but I also have these electronic aspects in it. So this is, I think, what makes um, my sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, production-wise, what I wanted to do. With this music on this album, I wanted to keep it relatively simple because I can, it's really easy to, you know, use a lot of plugins and just like go crazy with it. And I just wanted to like hold myself back and really have uh, have the piano on focus. Yeah, I guess that. And then when you perform, you perform piano live, but with um, some music that you've already made um playing as well and then you play on top of it and through it mm-hmm. yeah and i also have some um live electronics so i take the sound from the piano and run it through some plugins so for example what you heard in meditation three yeah at the at the gig um i i run it through granulators mm-hmm. so i had the piano sound that i was actually playing yeah. and then it went through something and this is what you heard through the speakers Amazing. <laughs> Before we talk about your album, I'd like to go back to the beginning and talk about where you started in music um, as a as a child. And I know when you lived in Iceland, that had a big influence on your music. So yeah, let's go back to the beginning um, and talk about where you started. Okay, so my first memories are definitely with my grandmother. Uh, she's a musician, choir conductor mostly. And um, I just remember going to her re- rehearsals I remember her playing piano and just these little memories, but I was never I was never forced to play or study music. So when I was young, I would always I would always say that I would never become a musician, and uh, I was I was even kind of like rebelling against it, you know. And then, but I still I started <clears throat> studying music or playing music when I was quite young, and I started studying. Uh, Handbells. Do you know what they are? Is yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, so Handbells Choir. And uh, and I started with piano at the same time. I had a really nice um, teacher. She was actually teaching in the academy and I would just go and meet her there or at her home. And then I think when I was, I think it was when I was like 14 or 15, then I realized that I, I might actually want to like pursue music. Would you like to talk more about your grandma who you used to make music with? <laughs> um, yeah, I I actually haven't really made music with her. I have asked her to play piano with me. I'm yeah. like, come on, Cranny, let's go and improvise. Yeah. But she's always like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess she's, she's just this kind of person 
whose life is completely music. Yeah. So it's I've never even like thought about it or thought about her, you know, without music. Yeah. Um, she lives in south of Estonia. Um, she's still working, by the way, as a conductor and as a teacher. Oh, incredible! Yeah, she's like eighty-six. Wow! I think oh, good for her. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, there is this music school just next to her yeah. house. Yeah. And, I mean, it's literally, like, next door. It's, like, yeah. 30-second walk. Yeah. So um, I I just, I've spent a lot of time there. And yeah. I even now when I go to Estonia, I, I always try to go to that music school because mm. it's, uh, it's really nice to, like, have this space and just, you know, be able to work there. And also it's really fun when you have so many pianos around you and you yes. can just like switch and try yeah. out different ones. Yeah, there's uh, some grand pianos and lots of piano pianinos. Sorry, upright in English. <laughs> that was Estonian. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think that this place has influenced me quite mm. a lot without me knowing it. Mm. Because uh, now, especially like living in London and, you know, I don't have a real piano at home. I'm, I've really started to appreciate having the access to so many pianos just yeah. next to your house, you know. Um, and as we spoke a little bit about earlier, your Estonian musical heritage um, is like combined with your experience of music elsewhere and your time in London. Can you talk a little bit about combining those two worlds and your two sort of homes um, in music and how that uh, influences you? Mm -hmm. I think that I don't really, um, how do I say it? Like, I don't feel like I belong to one place. Yeah. So, you know, like sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm there. And it's kind of like in the beginning, it felt like I'm living uh, like two lives, you know? Yeah. But now the more the more I do that, the easier it gets. So now it's, it feels really natural natural for me, and uh, it's kind of like you know, like waking you know, like when you when you fly from Tallinn to London. Like I just came back a few days ago, and yeah. I, I didn't feel like I was traveling. It was just like kind of like you know, taking one bus stop yeah. to somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're already so like it's like more settled in me now. Yeah. I think. But I don't know how it how it really comes out in my music. I, I don't really know that. But I guess I guess maybe it's the openness. Mm. I feel like I'm quite opened with my music. I'm yeah. not like trying to fit in any I'm not like trying to fit in a box or do yeah. do things in a certain way. So maybe that's the thing. Because you know, different places always have different approaches and and there is something to each place, you know. Yeah. And um and I I do feel it in people as well. You know, when when you talk to Estonians, their everyday life is it's still slightly different. And yeah. you know, when you're in London, people's life here is slightly different. So it's um, yeah, maybe I maybe I just came up with it, and it's not true. But I'd like to say that I'd like to think that I'm quite open yeah. as a person. this album then 
It's called Goodbyes, and I've read you say it's an album about healing and letting go. You say that each song has a little goodbye in it. I think that's really beautiful, um, and I'd love to know a bit more about that, if that's something you'd like to talk about, how you're able to use a, a piece to let go of something or um, say goodbye to something. I was afraid of that question. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. No, I, I really want to. Or I think that this is, you know, this is the vulnerable side of the album, which, um, I mean, if I've already, you know, said it out loud, I guess I have to explore it a little bit. Uh, so for me personally, yes, I have found that music has been extremely helpful to exactly let go and release of stuff. <laughs> and um, this is, again, something that I don't actively think, but it's somehow when I'm dealing with something... Um, I can, yeah, I think it's a really nice way, the way you put it. I can release it through music somehow. So it's kind of like a healing process for me, making music. Yeah. And then is it cathartic to listen back to the pieces again? Um, and do they give you a bit more perspective? Or you're able to just leave those things in the music and move forward? If I understand it correctly, then um, it takes time, I think. So, of course, when I... You know, when I finish a piece or even after, you know, when it's really finished, like recorded and everything, it's first of all, it's obviously quite a long um, period of time when it all happens. So you already get, you know, like some kind of perspective between that. But I think that with these songs, it has really, now I can really listen to them and, you know, not feel anything. But I think um, it has been, you know, it's, it's really been a journey for me. So it, yeah, it's only time that makes you want to or enables you to listen to the songs again without really being emotionally so uh, attached to them. Um, other listeners will experience um, from you, your music? Good question again, thank you. <laughs> I always think that my music should just um, make you maybe uh, look inside you and maybe it could touch some parts in you that you haven't really been in contact with before. So again, just introspection and, uh, and connection to yourself. I think you definitely achieve that because they're they're so sort of vast and there's so so many layers to your music and I think because each piece is so long as well you're able to sort of get absorbed in it and and let it take you um, wherever it it does um, so yeah I think you really really do achieve that the single that came out yesterday goodbye also has a really beautiful music video to accompany it um, which you made at home in Estonia just before Christmas. What was it like um, creating a visual expression of your music, collaborating with a dancer and a director? 
um, and then putting that all together and presenting your uh, your music visually out in the world. Yeah, I had, of course, a lot of help making it. So uh, for me, it was just fun. It was directed by uh, Daniel Holso. Videography was by Anz Dammik. And uh, the dancer was Kaisa Kattai. So we just spent one day in this uh, venue. The venue is, um, is one of my favorite buildings, actually. It's in Tallinn. In English, I think it's called Creative Hub. And it's just like big, huge factory building. It used to be factory building. And now there are just different events happening in there. And um, so this is all, it all goes back to the cover art as well. Uh, we had a photo shoot there in August with uh, Josep Givima. Um, really similar name to mine, Johanna Givima. And um, yeah, so I think we all just collectively decided that it would be nice to... Um, do the video there as well um, so you know I already had this amazing place and and this like great team so it was just it was really just fun um, I think that um, what was visually quite important for me was to again like I guess like what I always say about my production not overdo it you know but at the same time I I, I mean, I, I said so little, I didn't really have to say anything because I, I felt like it was in such good hands. And uh, I had a few chats with the dancer, so maybe I could tell you what was, or like what, what was important for me, you know, yeah. conceptually. Um, I don't know if you got it now when you watched the video, but I think for me it's important to, you know, like represent the good side of goodbyes yeah. and goodbye. Yeah. So the freedom that you feel, like, of course, saying goodbyes or, um, yeah, having your farewells aren't always easy. But it's, again, it's this, uh, there's always the good side and, and the freedom, you know, of letting yeah. go of something. Yeah, so this is, I think, this is what I wanted the dance, dance part to say. And, yeah, I think she did a really amazing job, by the way. Yeah, she, yeah, that that's really beautiful kind of natural movement as she sort of, I I, I don't quite know how to describe it, but as she sort of gains freedom in the space and um, making bigger and bigger gestures and yeah, you can see it sort of in her body as she finds the freedom, which is yeah exactly oh, what I'm you were. So, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad you're saying it. That was exactly um, what I wanted to represent you know it was kind of like the idea was that uh, maybe first you can't really move your body or have this flow mm. in your body or inner movements yeah uh, so you're kind of like you're searching for it and then throughout the piece you find it about your collaboration with other artists um, both musicians and visual artists for example I saw you perform recently at Telegraph Hill and your piano was accompanied by the cellist Johanna Gutowska and also abstract projected imagery by Chiara Romaldi and it made for a really beautiful immersive experience um, so can you tell me more about your uh, <laughs> we're laughing we're laughing because Cher the cat has slightly interrupted <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so yeah, can you tell me more about your collaborations with other artists? Yeah, yeah where do I start? Well, it was definitely, it's always been um, something quite important for me, working with other artists. And I really like it because you somehow, I don't know, I'm so used to working alone as a composer, you know, so it's like you always spend time alone. And when you bring someone else in, it just, it's, it's ex exciting and you get this like, you know, like just energies like merging, you know. Um, I know uh, the cellist you worked with, she was improvising along to your music. That must be a really amazing experience to have someone, someone else kind of get into your musical brain and create something with you. Yeah, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, she's also, she's so amazing player. So it was kind of fun. And it was really, um, it was really interesting, you know, playing and not really knowing what she would do. So we were kind of, we, I can't say that we were both really improvising to each do what we were doing, because um, I have I was using click track on quite a few of the of the songs. So I had to really, you know, do what I was doing, but she was reacting to that, I think. And sometimes it's just may maybe the way that I played was influenced a bit by that. But she also did have scores as well, but she just decided to um you know add herself to the scores or just um yeah, just more like be present and listen and um, yeah, make music depending on on the moment, I guess. Um, and yeah, I think the the most fun moments probably were the ones that we we didn't plan. Like we didn't we didn't plan how to end the piece or when to end the piece. We were, you know, you you would still have some kind of a structure, and then you would just go from there. The first piece that we played. Which is not on the album. I, I call it improv because I, I don't know, I don't know what's the name yet. <laughs> and this one, um, I didn't have click track, and we were just, you know, that was fun. That was really fun to play because we could just like, just listen to each other and you know go to places with it. Yeah, this is always this is really fun, and also as a composer, this is something that I don't do that much anymore. But like writing pieces for other musicians, so when I'm not performing them. Something that is always really fun is, you know, the first meetings with the musicians when they just introduce you, um, their instrument to you. Yeah. And you're just like, you you ask them questions and yeah. ask them, like, how do you do that? And la la la. And this is always, uh, it's it's really, it's really inspiring for me. Well, so I didn't realise you composed for other musicians. So you'd, you'd work with them and then find music that suited them. And... Yeah, see, the thing is, I'm actually not the pianist. <laughs> I studied composition, so this is what I, this is what I used to do. So yeah, you would just um, write scores and then have other musicians play it. And of course, you know, although I have, when you make a score, you you give quite a clear vision to the mm. musician. But every every person is different, so yeah. every person plays it a bit differently, you know. And it's yeah, this is definitely. Um, probably like one of the most inspiring aspects of music for me just how how everybody interprets music differently you know and yeah. how you put yourself into the music yeah which other musicians um and composers influence your music i always say dim hecker um 
I think because his music um, was um, kind of like a trigger for me to um, get closer to the kind of music that I wanted to do mm-hmm. instead of making the music that I, how to say, like tried to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you, do you have this thing? Um, I used to have it. Yeah. When I I was uh, like trying to fit in somewhere. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You but you feel like it's not really who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it goes hand in hand in music as well. Yeah. So I think that I was kind of like, I was trying to really fit into classical music mm. world, but I, I felt like kind of like alien mm. in it. And um, it, was, uh, it was already the time when I had started like experimenting with electronic music. And then one of my friends came to uh, one, of, one of the concerts. And he, after the concert, I had this like really long 12 minute long, piece like mm-hmm. surround song mm-hmm. piece there and he just told me like oh you should listen to Tim Hecker I think you would like him and then I listened to it and I was like whoa I do like him yeah, yeah. and uh, I think it was just kind of like a reminder that you can you can do whatever kind of music you want to do tell me more about that surround sound piece do you you can com- compose it so that it Music comes from different places and yeah, tell me about yeah. that. Yeah, so surround sound is, you know, like usually we listen in stereo. Yeah. We have two speakers and we have two ears, yeah. <laughs> two headphones yeah. are in stereo. And, but surround sound is, yeah, so if you have more speakers mm-hmm. and um, usually they're in a circle, uh, really common is, you know, 5.1 sound. So you mm-hmm. have one one speaker for bass sound. Yeah. And um, yeah, so there are different ways how to do it, but I would just use the like plugins in uh, Pro Tools and mm-hmm. Logic. Yeah. So you can position the sounds differently. So you can still, uh, you can still work with mono track mm-hmm. or stereo track and you can just position them or move even, you know, move them around. Yeah. And there's also, um, so for example, like you would have to know a bit about psychoacoustics to get it really sound the way that you want to. Uh, like we hear, we hear the high sounds like they're above us and like the bass sounds are below us, yeah. but actually they're just sounds. It's just, you know, the way that we yeah. uh, psychoacoustically yeah. experience them. Mm. Yeah. So we can use this knowledge and then like actually move things around and, uh, you know, it's we can't really hear where the sine waves are, so we we hear. It's easier for us to hear uh, or position the attacky sound. So, like tick 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 tick, we can really. If you move it around, then you know you can you can really hear in which point it comes from. But if we if we play just a sine wave, we can't really understand. It's just like it's just like everywhere or somewhere. Wow. Yeah. So this little like. Little little things that you have to know to do yeah. that. But otherwise, it's. I mean, I don't think it's that tricky. It's mm. just it's interesting. Yeah. yeah.
I know this may be a bit soon to ask. You've got a lot coming up. Um, but what are you looking forward to in the future? Obviously, um, the album, there's a beautiful vinyl of your album. Um, but then also further in the future, I know we've spoken before about you um, composing for films and theatre. Um, yeah, probably a bit soon to ask, really, but I'm interested what's what's in the future for Hannah Keith? I mean, I can I could tell you my dreams. Yeah, yeah definitely. Please. I'd love to... Uh, I'd love to compose for um, how to say like movies or just visuals. Yeah, yeah. I think this is it's just yeah something that I think would be really really exciting for me. But what I'm looking forward to at the moment, I'm really looking forward to just holding the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, and seeing the vinyl because I feel that um, I mean so much work has gone into it, but also like so much love from different people. Yeah, and uh, it would be. You know, I still, I think that until I'm actually holding it, I I won't believe that I'm actually releasing a vinyl. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And um, honestly, I'm just looking forward to making more music. Yeah, I'm, I mean, this is, it, it maybe sounds a bit like cringe, but I just love making music and I want to yeah. make more of it. And I hope that, I hope that, uh, Releasing this album will just give me more opportunities to make more music. Yeah, and also share my music. Um, my bedroom's upstairs from yours. We live together. <laughs> um, and I'm always hearing you playing. Are you playing things that we'll hear eventually? Or are you just playing because you, because it's part of you? Um, yeah, are you working on things or are you just seeing how it goes? Uh, both. Sometimes... Um, Sometimes I'm actually working on something as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'm playing. Um, I think it's just a way that I am as well, because I mean, you know, I'm always playing yeah. or I'm just, you know, doing something with sound. And uh, yeah, you know, I've even thought about it. And I think it's just for me, it's like a way to exist, you know? Yeah. yeah. One other thing I used to do on my other episodes, I um I always ask my guests if they have any any arts recommendations for listeners, just to sort of help share interesting things. Um, I know I've sprung this on you, so don't worry. Um, mm, there was one movie that I just yeah. watched with my friend, which I really liked. It was um, the Triangle of Sadness. Yes. <laughs> I saw it and I loved it. I would also recommend it. Yeah, yes. yeah, I li really loved it. Swedish uh, director, I can't remember the name, but that was, uh, yeah, we just, um, I was at my friend's place. Yeah. And um, and when the movie ended, we just like paused it and we just sat there for like half an hour and just like, wow, yeah. what did we just see? It's also, it's it's like, it's so funny, but yeah. it's, you know, like actually the, the things are quite serious. Yeah. And and I feel like everything that happens in that film actually is sort of how it would happen in real life. <laughs> Obviously, it's so it feels so far fetched, but actually, it it plays out how how humans yeah. behave. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like we are just uh, ridiculous pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really the most ridiculous, terrible, absurd. Species. Yeah, absurd is the word. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming back on my first episode back. It's been so lovely to talk to you and to hear all your thoughts. And I've learned a lot about 
music. Um, and um, everyone look out for um, Hannah Keeves' album coming out on the 10th of March. It's called Goodbyes. It'll be on Spotify. On Gondwana Records. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Laura.